dark places in our life, right? Like there's, there's, there's life will hit you in all sorts of ways, right? You, you, you may be a, a busy college student not knowing if you're going to make it through your grades and, and through the test. And am I going to really make it through this semester? Some of you are um, between jobs and you may be looking for a job, believing that God's going to open the door to a job and provision for your life. Some of you have been dealing and wrestling with maybe some sickness in, in your life or maybe in your family's life. And, and, and we just know that life's going to hit at certain times. And it's going to hit us. It's going to hit us hard in the gut, if you will. And, and if you've ever been hit in the gut, what do you do? You hunch over, right? And, and I think that's what happens in life is when you get hit in the gut with a life circumstance, you can be a bunch of people. We can become a bunch of people who are just hunched over, feel defeated, feel like, will we catch our wind? Will we catch that breath? And, and I really feel like, you know, the Lord wants to give you some breath today, some breath in your lungs so that you can begin to walk in a new sense of confidence and a new sense of, of joy and a new sense of who he is. That's what I'm believing in your life. And so, um, man, and, and so here we have Habakkuk, and he's wrestling just like we've wrestled before. And maybe you aren't wrestling today, but you've wrestled before. And um, maybe, maybe you're like Habakkuk, and you ask the questions, why? Why God? Have you ever asked God a why question? Like, why God is this happening? Uh, why this university and not another university? Why this city and not another city? Why this job and not another job? Why am I dealing with this situation, this circumstance? And, and I just think that, that that's exactly where Habakkuk is. And, and we've had this question happen over and over again in our church. In, in chapter one, it's Habakkuk's journey of he's just wondering. He's just wondering um, throughout, wondering where God is, wondering if God's going to show up. He's asking God questions. He's going on behalf of the people to, to God, if you remember. And so most of the time, a prophet would go to the people on behalf of God, which I always thought that would be a lot more fun in some ways, because what kind of authority would that be? Like, here's what God says, you know, uh, but but when you go on behalf of the people, you're going with a, a nuisance, a burden, this this question and this wondering, and and that's what's happening. And then two, we read about it's just waiting, right? And so if you remember the the famous verse where when, when you get the vision, wait on it. When you get the vision, write it down. So when you read the vision, you can run with the vision that God has given you. And, and how many of you ever made a goal list? If, am I the only one who makes goal lists? Like, dude, it's a new year, New Year's resolution i'm going to write down these goals how many of you look at those goals every day and you're still running towards that goal usually not because the the goal is in our mind and we forget so quickly right that we made a list to begin with like did i really say that no i didn't say that i was only gonna lose five pounds not 50 and and so you know, your, your goal list may change if you don't write it down. And so Lord instructed Habakkuk, write this down because you're going to be waiting. And if we read the scripture, what we know is you're going to be waiting for about, about 20 years. About 20 years. That's a long time to wait. Have you ever waited for 20 years for anything? Like, some of us are barely 20. So we, we are still waiting and then we have chapter three. Chapter three is this tone change where, where there's all of a sudden this tone change happens in the scripture where, where it's, it's this, this questioning, it's this wondering, it's all this stuff. And then, and then in Habakkuk 2.20, we read about this change. So Habakkuk's sitting there and he's asking all these questions. He says, but the Lord in his holy temple, let all the earth be silent before him. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent 
before him. There's this tone change, a, a, a but. How many of you like the but? Usually it's like a negative terminology um, when you're trying to make an excuse, but but you don't understand mom or you don't understand dad, but but I, I just ran out of time, but the project was too big at work. Uh, there's just a lot of buts, but this one, this one was good, but, but I'm complaining, but the Lord. Have you ever made a, a, a change in trajectory where it wasn't a negative, but, but it, it was positive? It was, it was a change in a positive direction, but the Lord is in his holy temple. I can complain all day, right? I can complain about everything. And if the Lord is not in his holy temple, my complaint could be a little valid, right? Like, is anybody ruling this? Is anybody in authority? Is anybody in charge? I mean, are you really in charge? But he remembers the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. I think that's so important for us. It, it, the psalmist would write in 4610, says, be still and know that I am God. You realize like in your questions, in your wonderings, in all your distress, and all your confusion, sometimes you just have to be still and recognize your position. Sometimes we just have to recognize where God has seated us and where he is seated. And when you have that kind of perspective, it really helps in life. How many of you know that's true? Like, have you ever just needed some perspective? So chapter 3, we have this moment where where. Where in 3.1, a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, on Shijanath, on Shijanath, this term Shijanath, this, this term of, of a song that Habakkuk's about to sing as he writes this, a song that the Lord has given him, a, a song that has never been sung before. We only see this word, Shijanath, uh, we only see it one other time in Psalm chapter 7. When David's writing, and so it hasn't been sung much, but, but just like many poems in the Bible, there's this little beat, there's this little rhythm. Uh, sometimes we, we want the worship team like, hey, can you jazz it up a little bit? Hey, can you put some soul in it? Can you, can you do something like that? Like, let's let, get us moving, get us going. And, and this is what Habakkuk saying right here. This is, this is a song that, that is going to be this moment where it expresses a great emotion inside of us, a great motion and passion that, that but the Lord is in his holy temple. And I'm about to sing a song of declaration. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a country music song. You know, it's, it's not like, oh, man, my girlfriend just broke up with me. I'm, woe is me. Woe is us. Oh, the Lord is coming and he's sending the Babylonians to take us over. Oh, man, I'm just going to I'm just going to sit here and cry. It's not a crybaby song, if you will. It's not. It's this song is a song of passion. It's a song of declaration. It's a song with a bunch of exclamation points. It's, it's a song that's going to champion us. How many of you just got your favorite jam uh, you know, on, uh, in the morning, tomorrow morning? It's going to be the case of the Mondays. Case of Mondays, do you have your favorite jam? I mean, if you're listening to maybe some, some music that's going to shape your day, you know, um, maybe you should listen to something that's going to get you going, right? You know, I mean, you have a walkout song, a walkout song, you know, when you come up to bat. Like, I mean, come on, somebody. If, if you're playing something uh, and you're about to bat, and you're about to hit a home run and they're playing that, that sad song, oh, how are you going to hit that ball? You're going to be bunting. You're going to be bunting every time. Like, you're not going to be swinging to the fences, but this is a swing to the fence type of song. And this is what he's saying in Habakkuk 32. 
Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day, in our time. Make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Remember mercy. Lord, I, I stand in all of you. I'm going to stand in this moment. I've been, I've been wondering. I've been waiting. You said that there's, it's only going to get worse before it gets better. How many of you like that? That it may get worse than it gets better? How many of you just want that, friends? Just, it, everything's going to be okay. You're lying. You're lying. It's not going to be okay. It's going to be worse before it gets better. You want that, friend says, hey, it may get a little worse, you know, but then it's going to get better. And, and the good news is it always gets better. The good news is there's always hope and there's always a promise of truth and there's always this moment. But, but in the middle of something, in the middle of something, it's hard to remember. In the middle of something, you wonder how long it's going to last. See, I like the start and I like the finish because I know where it starts and I know where it ends. But the middle, how many pages is this book? How many, how many times does it take? You know, uh, uh, how many times is that, you know, how, how many rounds are we going in this UFC battle? You know, how, how many, how many rounds is it going to be? How long will I have to endure this? How long am I going to have to go through this? And, and yet he says, I'm, I'm going to remember. That's what we're saying today. You realize like when Julie and I are praying through, through the Sunday mornings, we, we talk about, okay, Lord, what do we need to sing? Start declaring what we're going to speak. So that when we're singing, we're already declaring and setting it up. So when we read the word, it just aligns with what we sung. Right? We don't just like, hey, let's do that song. That one's cool. You know? Uh, sometimes we do that, to be honest. Yeah, sometimes. No, no, no. But we sing this song, I've seen you move. Come move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. I'll see you do it again. I've seen you do it before. I'm going to see you do it again. I've seen you get me out of the valley. I'm going to see you do it again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember. How many of you know that remembering is good? Now, don't just remember anything. But remember the goodness of God. Remember who God says he is. Remember what God promised. Remember those moments. So that's, the, that's point number one. If you're taking notes, any kind of note, like an iPhone note or whatever, remember. Oh, Pastor, I don't need to write that down. No, you do. You do because you forget. Because you won't remember. You won't, what did the pastor talk about yesterday? I don't know, man. You got your notes. Oh, nothing's on here. Remember. Remember Habakkuk 3.3, God came from Taman, the Holy One, from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. We remember. Remember this moment. He remembers this moment when, when God showed up and there was a people who were enslaved for 400 years. For 400 years, they had no freedom. For 400 years, they couldn't worship their God openly. For 400 years, they were oppressed. For 400 years, it was a long, long time. 400 years is a long time for anything. We thought 20 years was a long time. 400 years is a long time. And in this moment, he says, remember when God showed up? Remember when God showed up in a supernatural way to let go of the Israelites without war? 
Remember that? Remember how he showed up and he invaded them and he actually had the blessing of the oppressor to release those who were in captive because God laid down his authority? Remember that? Remember that, that, that when I've been oppressed and when I've been held up, that, that God's authority um, supersedes that and reigns and delivers me from all that past of shame and regret and oppression? Do you remember that? Do you remember how God moves in his, in his holy temple and how he moves, he moves heaven on earth to shape and to do his will to get you through seasons? Do you remember that? Do you remember when we took you out to the Red Sea and it looked like it was hopeless because you reached a dead end and there was no way on your own effort that you were going to escape the oppression that was coming against you? That was only by the hand of God who could split those seas and take you through there to a new place. Do you remember that? Do you remember how in your life when you hit a dead end and you hit a road and you hit this moment and you were like, man, I can't go on anymore. I can't do this. I feel like it's, I'm just eating with guilt and shame and sin and, and there's no way out. And then Jesus shows up. And he shows up in, by his blood and he frees you from that and he takes you through this moment to, to wash away your sin and make you clean. Isn't that an exciting moment that next service we're going to get to remember what God has done in these two lives. And, and it's such a display of what God is doing in this water and of an outward expression of how he's made them new and clean. Do you, do you remember? This is what he's saying. Do you remember? Because we have to remember in Habakkuk 3, 4 through 6. His splendor was like the sunrise, rays flashed from his hand where his power was hidden. Plague went before him. Pestilence followed his steps. He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. This is his song. I, I remember you moving the mountains. I remember you doing this. That you did it for them, but you did it for me. And you do this, I remember. See, you're not going to forget this point. Because I'm just going to keep saying remember. Over and over and over again. 7 through 15, Habakkuk, I saw the tents of Cushan in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord? Was your anger against the rivers or your indignation against the sea when you rode on your horses on your chariot of salvation? You stripped the sheath from your bow, calling for many arrows. Selah. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. The raging water swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their place at the light of your arrows as they sped. At the flash of your glittering spear, you marched through the earth in fury. You threshold nations in anger. You went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from the thigh to neck. Selah. You pierced with his own arrows the heads of his warriors who came like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. You trampled the sea with your horses, the surging of mighty waters. I remember what you did, God. I read it in your word. Why do we need to be in our word daily? Because we need to remember what God has done before us. Because what he's done before us, he's going to do in us and he's going to do it again. God is faithful and this is what he wants for us. Remembering what the Lord did. 
And I'm praying and I'm hoping that all of a sudden you're having some recollection of what God's done in your life. Uh, just, just pause for a moment. What has God done in your life? It's a big milestone that happened. It was something amazing that he, he changed and transformed. I'm praying by the Holy Spirit that he would remind you and that you would remember this morning. Oh, God, I remember when you did that. Remember. I'll, I'll never forget, and some of you heard this story, when Brandy and I, we were, we were coming to plant a church, and they asked her at this church planting boot camp, uh, what is the one thing that's hindering you from, from planting a church? And she said, the only thing that's planning, uh, hindering us is that we're in debt. We're in debt. And, and in that moment, it was like, what do I do with this? What, what do we do with this? We still have uh, some debt to pay off, and we still have to do this, and we want to go without debt because, you know, debt brings a little worry. Anybody worried in here, you know, and brings a little stress, you know, and so we wanted to go just stress-free so that we could hear from God and be led by God and not operate out of fear, but we just wanted to operate out of freedom, and so, so we just prayed, and I'll never forget coming home and, and opening my door, and there um, on our bed was spread um, just enough money to the exact dollar amount to pay off all of our debt, just spread on our bed, and which is the note says, Jesus loves you, Ben, and uh, I don't think it said Ben. I, th- I think it said, Jesus loves you, and uh, maybe I just took it as my idea. Oh, yeah, Jesus does love me, you know, because that's what happens, and and, and right there, we were able to take that cash. And, man, I'll never forget putting all that cash, you know, in my pocket, taking it to the bank, thinking I was going to get mugged on the way, you know. And, and, and right there, depositing $10,000. And, and we were able to pay off our last bit of debt. And God was just faithful. And it was just a, it was just a sign from him saying, God, I'm with you, Ben. I'm with you. When you don't think there's a way, I'm going to make a way. When you don't think there's a way, that I'm going to help you um, get to where you're supposed to be. I'm, I'm so faithful uh, you know i've i've seen god's hand over our son, as he was, my wife was laboring in 32 hours of, of non-medicated childbirth. And this baby did not look like it was coming out. And here she is. She's fully dilated. And, and we, you know, he's, he's coming out, but he's not coming out very quickly. And I remember just God moving in power and just getting that baby out so she didn't have to get an emergency C-section. And, and God was just faithful with that. And that was just such a big moment for us. Like, man, we were believing for this and holding on to this. I remember that. I remember when we were at church meeting in a movie theater and God was beginning to grow us and it was amazing. But then then there was a season where where we just had a bunch of transitional leadership. We had a bunch of we had people getting married and they were moving and we had people getting jobs elsewhere. And we had we had some sickness and some of our staff members, um, family members, and they had to go back. And 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 so we were we were being like ripped apart, like all these leaders are leaving. Eight people in leadership, eight people left in six weeks last year in January and we're like oh my goodness I don't think we could ever set up a mobile church again what are we gonna do you know I mean it's just you know um, it's gonna be me you know in the truck trying to set up everything you know doing doing the juggling show and it's gonna be awesome and, and I remember this moment where we were just praying and believing and our contract was up in February 28th our contract ended 
of 2017 and and i remember that what are we going to do and we had a spot secured it was another movie theater where we we're going to set up and tear down but we just lost a whole lot of leaders and so i just didn't know how that was going to happen and and so we were just praying and believing and and i remember that there, this phone call and some of you remember this i remember this phone call of calling this random real estate sign and we had no money in the bank but i, I was just thinking like maybe just maybe we could get in this place and I called and I left a message and he calls me back and he says can I help you I said we're 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 a church and we need a building we need a place and and right now we meet in a movie theater and I saw your sign and I was just thinking maybe you would have a place by February 28th which is in you know seven weeks so I just thought maybe you just maybe we could get into your space and <laughs> that sounds ridiculous it's supposed to sound ridiculous because that never happens and and he said is this Luminous Church? I said, yeah, this, this is Luminous Church. I said, is this Ben Chapman? Yeah, this is, this is Ben Chapman. He goes, yo, man, I go to your church. I go, you go to my church? No way you go to my church. He said, hey, I got a space up here. I got 6,000 square feet, and I think this space is for you. Come check it out. I came check it out, and I go, this is awesome. Hey, our contract's up like in six weeks by this point. Um, do you think we can be in here? Yeah, I can get you in here. Awesome. Let's sign right there. Oh, wait, that amount's too much. We can't afford that. All right, let me see what I can do. Yep, that amount we can afford. And then, Lord, open it up 6,000 square feet. You know, here we are, two services, you know, 225 people, and God's moving, and two people are being baptized this morning. A baby's being dedicated, and people are being added to the church um, um, weekly, and God's moving. And, and I remember how he opened up opened up a door so we could be in this space. And some of y'all come here, and you come up, and like, man, this elevator smells like beer, and this is weird. And I'm, I'm have this stroller with my kids, and I'm going up there, and I just don't know if I'm coming back to that church because it's in the back, and it's weird, and I just don't know. And then and then even when I'm sitting on the back row, it's not really the back row. It's still the front row because, you know, it's not very big. And I just don't know if I can go back there. And, and I come to this place, and I'm like, man, God, you gave us this place. Man, smell that beer, man. I can't wait till we reach the people in these bars. When they wake up, man, they're going to come in this place. God's going to save people. He's going to change lives. Oh, man, I'm so excited that everybody's on the front row. Everybody gets a front row seat. I'm excited that we have classroom for all of our kids in this place. I'm excited for this place. Man, I can't wait to tell people about this. I'm excited for a trunk or treat where we're going to be out there on the highway. We have 1604 access, and we're going to wave people in, and we're going to run out of candy, and we're going to run out of food and it's going to be awesome and we'll have to shut down early but God's going to reach people it's going to be awesome <laughs> I remember you see the thing when you remember God in it it changes your perspective when you remember that God's in it it changes everything if it was just Ben Chapman it gets dark real quick it gets dark, it gets negative. I feel like the wind has been kicked out of me and I'm walking around hunched over. But when I remember God, I take a breath in. And it reminds me of the second point. That I'm not just enduring life. I'm not just trying to make it through until my last day. I'm not just trying to get by with my kids. Oh, Lord, if they just get, if I can just get them 18 and get them out, you know, maybe take out a student loan, you know, Lord, and then, you know, send them on their way. No, no, I'm gonna take a breath. And I'm going to breathe. Instead of, instead of just enduring, I'm going to embrace 
I'm going to embrace God in this journey. I'm going to embrace God in this process. I'm going to believe that God's here. He's in this and he's moving and it's extraordinary. And I'm so thankful for this. I'm going to embrace the fact that God is still on his throne and I am not. Thank God. That God is still on his throne. And, and you know, when we get another allegation of some priest who did something stupid, because they've been doing a lot of stupid stuff, we're going to say, you know what? God's still on his throne, not man. And every time something comes out in the political arena and we just don't know what to do with our voices and we don't know what to say and we feel pulled in two different directions, I'm going to go, you know what? I'm taking a breath. I'm going to embrace. And God is on the throne. I'm going to believe that God is on the throne, that God is always good, and that God is faithful. He's faithful. He's never stopped being faithful. He will always be faithful. I still trust in my God. I still trust in my God. You know, so there's a story of of uh, Benjamin Franklin when he goes over to Paris and as he's sitting there there's all these guys making fun of the Bible and they're 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 making fun of his Bible man that thing's not real it's not fake it's, you know this was 300 years ago people are making fun of the Bible you realize they're still making fun of the Bible still trying to make it illegitimate even though it has a ton of legitimacy I mean though it's a ton of truth to stand on and walk on and 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 they begin to <clears throat> And Paris just began to make fun of him. And so he goes up to him and, and he reads them a poem. He said, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound decay, crept into my bones and my legs trembled. And then he started um, with this poem in verse 17. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in my God and my Savior. These men went, man, dude, that is an awesome point. That's a great point. Where did you come up with that point? Where did you write that point? He goes, this is in Habakkuk chapter 3. And then he dropped the mic and deuced out on him and basically said, there is, there's more truth in this, in this book that will keep you, that will keep you in a place of awe, of awe, of wonder. Of, of how it's written and God's amazing and he's so faithful and we're going to rejoice in him and we're going to believe in him and there's a there's a million reasons not to rejoice right there's a million reasons not to rejoice you know I think about my friend Hannah who lost her mom yesterday and there's a moment where she doesn't rejoice and yet I look at her Instagram and she shows these pictures of with her and her mom there's about six photos and the whole thing is rejoicing in God for God is good and her mom and her mom is not endured but embrace God through the process and she was laughing and she was smiling and she had joy and even in the pain she was smiling and even in the pain she was thanking God even in the pain she goes she goes to be absent with the body is present with the Lord and one day one day we are going to see each other again for those who are in Christ Jesus the Lord I'm going to I'm going to embrace this and I'm not going to let go I'm going to trust God and I'm going to believe that he is who he says he is and this is what the Lord would want for us that he would bring us to this deeper place this deeper walk God would move mountains and he would take us. You know, life may not seem good for you right now in your present circumstance. I don't want to cheapen your circumstance. Please don't let me cheapen your circumstance for what, for what I'm doing up here. What I want to say is that your circumstance may be very real. 
There may be no figs on the tree. The fig tree may be withering. There may be no grapes. There may not be a lot of promise, a lot of hope. Your, your story may be looking a little dim lately. But I want to tell you, don't walk away from God in chapter 1. Don't quit on God in chapter 2. In chapter 3, as you worship and as you praise and as you sing this anthem, know that God is building something greater in you. That there is a level 3, chapter 3 faith that is happening in your soul. That as you have embraced God and you've held on to God, you've actually grown, grown in your faith, you've grown, and your faith is swelling, and God is starting to do something really, really special in your life. Please don't, don't give up on God. Don't walk away from him. And in chapter 3, let God start swelling your faith. In Habakkuk 3.19, it says this, The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights that, that he, the sovereign Lord, is my strength. The sovereign Lord, the Lord who is on the throne, the Lord who is in control is giving me strength. And he, he makes my feet like deer. Have you ever seen deers climb mountain? Have you ever seen a deer go up the mountain? It's a, it's a, it's a wonder, right? It's a mystery. National Geographic. I wish we had a video. It's just incredible for you. But, but, but what happens is you get that in of this deer on this cliff how did he get up there it's because his feet were made to climb and I want to tell you that in your valley God is strengthening your feet so that you can climb with a greater level of faith and we move from hills to valleys to mountaintops this is God's journey for us that here I am Lord I'm right here and and I feel like I'm wondering where you are and so I'm asking these questions and it's causing me to go deeper and I sit here and I wait in the valley. I wait on the Lord. Where is the Lord my strength? And he renews my strength by reminding me of who he is and where he is. And as a result, he starts making my feet like deer. And I start climbing the mountain. And I start soaring with a new level of faith. Luminous, my prayer is that we would have a new level of faith. A new level of faith that we would move out of the valley. Not despising where we came from or what, what God has done, but remember what he's done and how he's quickened my feet and made my feet steady to climb. Would you stand with me in just a posture of climbing, of embracing God, of faith swelling up inside of you, faith coming upon you, that he would make you tread on high.